At Federal, we have products for every season and every pursuit. Our passionate and dedicated teams design, build, and deliver the world's best American-made ammunition, whether you're hunting, target shooting, or defending yourself and family. Our pride and hard work can be found in every box, ammo can, or bottle of ammunition. For us, it's always in season. It's federal season. Welcome to Federal Ammunition's podcast, It's Federal Season. I'm Jason Nash, VP of Marketing, and along with me today is Director of Media, Brian Kelvington. Jason, how's it going today? We had a good one on. I think we had a really special uh, conversation coming up. We do, absolutely. A couple of great guests. Um, Today we've got, they're very well known to uh, outdoor enthusiasts on social in particular, Federal Ambassador Hannah Barron and her dad, Jeff Barron. They're, They're social media stars. I mean, really a great... We're making them blush already, but uh, really great numbers. I mean, you know, we look at Facebook and, and social media numbers all the time. And you know, on Facebook alone, Hannah, you have more than a million followers. Combined on Instagram, you guys have more than a million followers, which are really impressive numbers and speak to the fact that you've got great content and um, things that people want to watch. And, and the main topic that we see is uh, noodling for catfish. A lot of people wouldn't even want to consider doing that, but... Uh, Definitely people love to see that. Uh, Hannah and Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're really happy to have you here today at Federal. Great to be here, fellas. Thank yeah. you. Thank you all for having So usually we talk about hunting or shooting uh, in particular on this podcast, um, and we will. We'll get into that for sure. But uh, the first thing we want to talk about is basically the, the staple of your social media uh, accounts, and that is noodling. So many of our listeners have probably seen short clips on YouTube uh, they've seen it at TV on TV shows or, you know, I know our buddy Jackie Bushman has done it before fully dressed, you know, he's, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. We, we talked to him about doing that one time, but I don't think we ever got it, you know, sealed up. We were supposed to, and probably will in the future. So maybe we'll get yeah, him out there. That'd be great to see. But, um, and then you even, you even know how legitimate it is when Mike Rowe, you know, he shot his pilot episode of dirty jobs on noodling. I mean, so that legitimizes that in her. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I yeah, he shot a pilot episode of Dirty Jobs on Noodlin. Yeah, it is a dirty job, but you know, somebody's it's a pretty got dirty it. job. So, what is noodling? Noodling. So the the name doesn't go with it at all. So I don't really know why they decided to call it catfish noodling. Because when we hear catfish noodling, originally we thought you know pool noodles that you cut up and you tie a line to and you throw them out yeah with the bait on it and all that but catch, that's catch not fish oh, yeah. that way that's what we always call noodling but i like hand fishing yeah hand fishing grabbling whatever you hogging. want to call it yeah, it's hogging, hogging. Yeah, it's yeah, hogging in illinois. illinois it's so it's grabbling in mississippi mm-hmm. it's noodling in oklahoma and i guess back home noodling and but the whole concept what it is <laughs> is hand fishing yeah catching catfish with your hands and it's it's while they're spawning, they're in these holes where sunlight can't get to because it's bad for their eggs. So I guess natural holes would be in the banks, stumps. We started originally under boat ramps, anything. Now we're building boxes just because of all the competition that we've got in the natural holes. But what it is is they're laying their eggs in these holes, and when you put your hand 
a stick to check it, anything in there, they attack it to protect their bedding area. And then when they bite your hand, you grab onto them and pull them out and hold on. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Who's the first person to do that? That's I would what I love to know. know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably don't one know. hungry joke. Yeah, he was hungry. There ain't no doubt. Yeah. yeah, he had to have something to eat. Yeah, something bit me, and I'm fixing to go in there and get it. Yeah, about about to starve to death. You're sitting around in a, in a uh, group with your buddies, and somebody raises their hand. I'll be the first to do that. It's like <laughs> it's just a concept that's foreign to us, right? We walk on four inches of ice, and people laugh at us for that, but. Uh, you know, you guys put your hands down in a totally hole. different world. Yeah, <laughs> and it it goes against every instinct you've got. And every new person we take, the first thing they want to do when they get bit is, you know, pull their hand back. And what you got to do is you just got to feed it to them. Yeah, yeah you got to stick it on in there. Yeah, that's you can't where we pull come it back. Up. Yeah, that's where we came up with the hashtag get bit because you know. That's yeah, that's really why we do it is is for that feeling to get you know. It's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you Adrenaline stick your hand in there, and he just. I mean, that's what that, you know, they swallow you. Oh, you've got the mark right there. Yeah, yeah that's, well, that's just from yesterday. We we, uh, we went yesterday and caught a few. I saw you've studied. We're probably going to talk about this later, but you, the blue cats bite harder, right? Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. slamming your arm in a car door. Yeah, they bite. You can hear your knuckles pop underwater, you know, because we tell everybody to keep their keep their fist, and that way they don't have one or two fingers out there that they can break because they'll break them. Yeah. And it's just safer, you know. We don't want nobody to get it's harder hurt. Harder to break a finger when you got a fist. Sure. Yeah, I got one broke here, and then I got one broke here. So, you know. Yeah, when he holds them up, you can see they're crooked. Yeah, they're pretty crooked from this. There goes your piano career. Right? Yeah, and guitar. Yeah, <laughs> and then we had Brantley Gilbert yesterday come with us, and you know we don't need to get him busted. Up, we're all, so. we're yeah. always super careful though with new people or yeah. Keep you like keep that. the fist. You know we got gloves and sleeves because mm-hmm. you know tattoos or whatever. We don't want to get them because they do. They they pretty rough. You up a little bit. It's like their teeth are like sandpaper. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, a bass, right? Largemouth bass. Yeah. Yeah. On steroids. Yeah. yeah, on steroids, yeah. <laughs> well, when they bite, the the blues just bite so hard, and then when you when when they're up here and you pull them out and they're spinning, man, they're just they're cutting they're your eating. wrist up. Yeah, they're eating it up pretty good. <laughs> we got our own techniques, I guess. So. Yeah, we don't hurt the fish. I mean, the fish, we re-tag them and uh, release them all. I mean, every now and then we'll keep a small one if somebody wants to pry fish or something. But mm-hmm. but we release most of them. That way they can lay their eggs and we can catch them again next year, which the first fish we caught yesterday with Brantley Gilbert had been tagged two times already, so we'd already caught that same fish twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, just a zip tie. I mean, it's not like we're putting, you know, it's not sophisticated at all it's just a different just, color zip tie and then that way we do know when we catch them and we do know that we're not harming them the way we're catching mm-hmm. we've had a lot of people say oh you're putting your hands through their gills or you and know we're suffocating not them and we're not at all we always are super careful to make sure that our arm our hands or anything are going between the gills and the gill plate and they're not harming the gills at all and if we ever even think a fish is hurt we'll take yeah, it that'll back be the one eat. yeah you have to pay the mm-hmm. yeah yeah we don't want anything to go to waste we yeah. still have respect for oh, yeah. fish. Well, I mean, this is the way we, we uh, you know, you make some of the living doing this. So, I mean, we've got to, uh, got to, you know, protect Sustain it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. The first time you filmed Noodling and posted the video on social media, were you surprised? At- oh, very. Yeah, it was all an accident. All this was an accident because, I mean, grew up hunting and fishing, and we first started noodling back in, 
I don't know. 10. I was 15 or 16, somewhere in there when Dad's got a sawmill and our game warden, he moved down from another county to ours and, I mean, next door neighbors with us pretty much. And Dad cut up a bunch of wood for him on the sawmill and he said, y'all want to go noodling? I didn't charge him, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You got to politic where you can, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't charge him and so, I guess, in payment. Yeah, he took us catfish noodling, but... Years later, in 2016, we bought this little video camera. Tell them the story about the video camera. What we did the (laughs) first. The first time we ever tried to use it. Because I had Instagram and Facebook at the time, but it was just personal pages. Dad still had a flip phone. Nothing wrong with a flip phone. No, I wish I had it back. It was so much. Life was so much simpler back then. They're they're making a comeback. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. You want one? I'm going to have to go back to that. I probably couldn't deal with it now, though, could I? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. It'd take you forever to text. But we bought this little camera, and there wasn't much to it. I don't even know what kind it was. We still got it, but a little handheld camera, video camera. And we had it on a tripod on the front of the boat. First time we'd ever used it, turned it on, and I guess we rocked the boat or something, and it flipped right over in the water. I mean, brand new, right out of the box. Oh. So it worked, here, though, after that. Our filming career just went right in the water. Brian, Brian holds the record for the fastest breaking of a smartphone. Oh, so how how old was it? <laughs> um, four hours, less than four hours. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> you know, I got it. Um, oh boy, this is a bad one. But I I got it issued to me at about eight o'clock, and I went out to lunch at eleven thirty, and I had it on a clip, and I went to take it off my off my waistband, and it hit the ground out in the parking Ooh. lot here at Federal, and I had to walk back in with my head down and. Oh, it busted it. Oh, yeah. Did it? Yep. Mm. That's rough. Yeah, so, well. So you got a replacement camera. Well, it was the same camera. It no, still it, worked oh, it after still that, worked. even oh, if okay. it went swimming. No, we had to dry it for two or three days, but it did work, yeah. Yeah, after, yeah, after yeah. that it worked. But um, I don't even know what made us buy the camera in the first place and not just use our phones, but we did anyways. And um, we recorded... What, like one good fish that day? Because usually we're yeah. all in the water. This is back when we were just checking natural holes or boat ramps. And with those, you almost all have to be in the water to block a hole because they can come out from, you know, different ones. They'll be yeah, connected. They plenty of places. But we recorded one fish that I posted, and I didn't really send it around, I don't think, or anything. I just posted it on Instagram. And somehow people saw it and reposted it on Facebook, and it ended up getting like 25 million views that first week. But at that time, not many people had heard of catfish noodling. And I guess... Well, not not where we're at. Hardly anywhere. I mean, we're the ones that made it popular, other than like the hillbilly hand-fishing folks, I guess. But I guess that whole surprise factor is what helped us and seeing me, because I'm small and a girl out there doing it and it just it blew up and yeah. then my social media started growing from there he ended up getting a smartphone and i made him an instagram <laughs> oh and i'm big time now yeah, and he's still like hannah post this <laughs> yeah hey. handed me the phone well you know i'm getting old and i can't see so <laughs> i can't see anything up close so i just let let the young and over here take care of it it was all an accident though we fell into all of it that's a great and story we hadn't really changed anything because our whole big thing is trying to stay real with people. Because mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're still rednecks. I oh, mean, yeah, there ain't no getting around it. Yep. Country come to town, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something as we said about authenticity, right? And and people feel that and they watch that, they understand that that this is you guys and it's not an act. This is you and that's that's what makes it so fun to watch too as well. So what goes into I mean, we see all the success that you have. Um catching the fish, but what goes into all the planning and where you find them? I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a ton of work. Well, the downside to, you know, the video going viral and my social media pages were that people saw us out there doing it and then they wanted to try the whole catfish noodling thing. And we ended up taking a few people that kind of bit us in the tail and came (laughs) back to our spots that, you know, we had found and we're that's going. when that's really when the redneck comes out then <laughs> we're, we're, we're not we're not gonna get into <laughs> we're not that. gonna talk yeah. about all that but started fishing the same holes so we had all these competitions you know you know people from other yeah. people fishing the same holes as us so we started building boxes and that's where the work comes that's in. where yeah. the work comes in and all the boxes we built are you know out of wood he cut on the sawmill and then we put together and in several states, it's not legal, I guess, because people trash up the water. But in Alabama, it is. Um, we we're not put putting any anything out that won't plastic, rot away. Yeah. You know, everything's no plastic wood. or anything like that. It's all wood. Mm-hmm. Biodegradable. Rock so. or whatever to hold them down. Just gives them more places to bed. But we know where all of our boxes are. And unless some other people are checking them, which I'm sure we'll have problems with that, too. But Yeah. But to GPS them is what we do. We just GPS them all because got hundreds of them on, on several different lakes but you know there's no way you can mentally i could keep up with that but building the boxes and putting them out is the yeah, biggest the part work. of work with yeah because you have to do it early season and you know cold you wet suits or you know waders and, and you end up a lot losing of some of them yeah the waves will push the rocks off the top and it's a pain but i mean it's worth it because now we can know uh, you can get out of the boat and go over and check a hole, and, and you're not digging around in the bank with the beaver and the turtles and, you know, that kind of <laughs> And the fish can get in and out of the boxes. They're not trapped in there at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. They've just got a hole in the front, and they'll go in there. It's, it's just like a stump or something to them. It's just another place to bed. So that, I mean, you mentioned the, the other critters. How- in a bank or something where you could have an air pocket. Uh-huh. You know, you could get into beavers and, you know, that sort of thing. How about snakes? I mean, we're in Minnesota, yeah. we've got garter snakes. They don't. Yeah, really I mean, you could, you know, cute. that's possible too. I mean, you could still get the, you uh, still get snakes. Even under boat ramps trees. where we used to go, there's no air pockets. So there's not going to be yeah. other stuff in there. But you have to be pretty aware of those surroundings, right? Because you do live in the South and there are venomous snakes. So oh. before you put your head under the water, you've got to be pretty aware of your surroundings correct well there's one place we go and i'm not going to mention it just because you know we got to be secret about this, which we don't we hadn't been there in a few years but yeah you can tell them full of alligators full of alligators, full of alligators. big alligators the biggest one in the world come. yeah like what world 14 footer 15 Ooh, every time we go we see gators but we'd come up out of the water from checking a box or something or a ramp and we'd look over and there'd be a you know gator yeah not i mean a good one Oh, yeah, we pulled up to one of our boxes one day, and there was a dead gator floating over it that had been chewed in half by another gator. Makes you feel real good yeah, about the whole situation. I yeah, guess you don't people, feed him a fist, right? You don't feed you know, him a fist. Uh, we had people we come outside and say, what are y'all doing in the water? 
get out of the water. What are you doing? <laughs> Did you lose something? You know, I said, what are you doing in the water? I said, we're trying to catch catfish. Oh, no. No, get out. We saw a snake there this morning or an alligator or something. They just don't, they don't get it. And they live there. You know? Yeah. So once you, you, you talk a little bit about how you get the, the fish to bite your arm. I mean, what Brian and I were both wrestlers in college and you know, it's a serious wrestling match with this fish in their territory. How, how do you keep from getting your, your arm hurt? I saw the other day, Hannah, you, your shoulder got tweaked a little <laughs> bit. I mean, how, how do you fight them? Well, when they first bite, you grab a hold of their bottom jaw. And I mean, we got different techniques, I guess, to grabbing them because I, ha- I grab them different than dad does and really everybody because I've got smaller forearms and I'm not as strong. So got a different technique, but I grab the bottom jaw when they first bite with my right hand and I pull them up to the front of the hole and then I reach around and I find their gill plate. And if they're big enough, I'll run my arm between their gills and their gill plate and I'll grab their bottom jaw from the inside. Mm. So I've got the whole head and oh, I see really hard to just explain it without I think using they, my hands i think they'll get the gist of what you're saying right. yeah and they but can I, watch your your yeah. videos while watch they're listening video and you yeah. see exactly how i grab but it see, she's it, got it like that a lot so of the, leverage. she's got it in the elbow mm-hmm. i mean really yeah and the only way then that they I've, I've come close to breaking my arm twice once this year and one last year and then on those i've kind of relaxed Relax, a little enough yeah. and then when they spun they twisted me around behind my back and had me like in a chicken wing yeah. position and if they'd have kept spinning it could have busted that elbow <laughs> thank you daddy thank you daddy <laughs> <laughs> oh but he grabs them he used to just use both hands but last year he busted he busted his bicep tendon on his left arm off Ooh. the bone and he kept catfish noodling you know that's real smart um somebody had to get out there and- <laughs> but he was catching him with one arm and we figured out to do it, you know, kind of like the way I do it, but just using that right arm and running through the mouth and out the gill plate and grabbing that gill plate from the inside and holding them like that. Yeah, just the one hand and just keep them, try to keep us, you know. Keep them tight you know, to you so they yeah. can't spin so mm-hmm. much. Because they're super, they, when they spin, they're super strong. And I, I like, I come close this year too. Yeah, it scared But me. I was catching last year, you know, a 58-pound fish that was. With one arm. Yeah, big fish. But and then, a broke finger on that arm. Yeah, wow. but this year, what the forty-something pound fish was just—I mean, some of them are just really the forty-pound you know, fish are just mean. It yeah, they're like mean they're and the they're they're point. fast. So mm-hmm. it spun and it got me—you know—it got me back here pretty good. Because they're bit, small you know. enough to still be real spunky, and mm-hmm. quick, and, and they're, they're big enough that they got enough oomph behind them to there bust something up. There you go. So, in if you have says so you have a fish on right and. Mm-hmm. You know this fish is it could be a forty pounder or whatever, right? Is there any point you can just simply let go to avoid injury, or once they're oh, yeah. on, they're on? No, when they bite, oh, no, they're yeah, usually just look. bite and back up, and it's actually hard to. He's be talking about if you did get a, if you got in a bind and oh, said, "Okay, yeah. it's fixing to break off." You know, mm-hmm. you fixing to break an arm. Or whatever, Our problem is we're just hard hit. Yeah, we're not going to let go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to let go. <laughs> Root hog, hog or die. We're going to put him in the boat. We got to look at him. Yeah. But, yeah, you can always just let go, except on the blue cat. Sometimes they bite hard enough that, and they don't let go that they'll get a hold of one finger and twist it enough. That was that Brantley or Aaron yesterday that just pushed him out of the hole and he still had it and it was just bit onto him, just wouldn't turn him loose? 
remember Dang I know what? Heather Lynn with Black Rifle Coffee got a hold of mm. Blue Cat and she was holding it. And when he freaked out, somehow he ended up with only that ring finger in his mouth. Yeah. Twisted and busted a ligament in her hand. Yep. She's three months in a. Or it was one to three months in a splint. And this one. I this... know we've got some busted up stuff because yeah. I still got a crooked pinky from the first fish I caught this year. And we ain't even going to get started on bad sand. Wow. It's a tough sport. So we talked a little bit about the kinds of catfish you, you catch. Is it mostly channels? No, no channels. Yeah, oh, she don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she flatheads, flatheads huh? and blue cats. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've caught a couple channel cats, but I, oh, I, I don't like them. the the fins on the I got on those smaller stuck fish. In the arm with yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. This channel cat in the hole, y'all can have him. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're too small. The smaller really the fish, about. the harder it is to hold. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. when you you can't get a good hold, you on. can't get a good hold on him. If you got two fingers in his mouth, and there's just nowhere to, it's hard to hold him. Mm-hmm. But if you got a bigger one where you can do what we're talking about and go through that inside of that mouth and just get that that gill plate, and it's you got more leverage. You got a good hold on him. And we better. he's gonna spin the same way every time every one of them do. So you automatically know what you know what's fixing to happen. Explaining all that to new people that we take though is it's really a, it's hard. Like, all this happens while you're underwater. Yeah, and I can't hold my breath long, so he can. He's got about two minutes underwater. I got four seconds. <laughs> she's full of it. She can hold her breath for longer than that. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, I've watched some videos, Hannah. You can hold it for more than four but seconds. But every time we do this, I mean, 99% of the time, it's, it's new people. Right. So it's like walking them, stepping them through, just like Brantley yesterday. I mean, it was just stepping through each, you know, each process, and we're putting the boxes shallower than that way people can get a hold of it and pull it up and leave it in the box and then get air and, and then, then get, get another get grip, you know, and in that way we know they've got a good grip on it before they pull it because out. Because after you bring it out of the box, oh, the it's hole, over with. that's it. When they lose it, I mean, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we don't string them or anything. There's a lot of people that string them. We've never strung one. Yeah, we just, we just catch them. If you can't hold him, you just can't hold him. And you talked about most of them you you release, but you try to eat quite a few of them too. No, we don't. We mostly, don't. it's we mostly used to, when we bring. Yeah, we used to eat a bunch of them, but you know, mostly when we it's when we bring people that want to try it or yeah. want to have a fish fry or something, and then we'll only keep one or two fish, and it'll feed I all bet, of us. Yeah, I bet the whole this whole season we've probably kept five. If if yeah, six maybe five or six, if that. And when we say, you know, we're not keeping the... Like the 10-pound fish. Yeah, we're not the keeping the big males. ones. Yeah, we're just keeping males, too, and none of the females. Because what we're catching now, the, the most of the fish that we catch that are tagged are males. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep the catching them again because they're just going... Okay. You can catch one. We've caught one in a box this year. And two miles across the lake, caught that fish the next day in a different box. Wow. So, Jeff, I'll ask you, you know, I, I've got a daughter... Um, who I got involved in playing golf, right? That's not because golf is one of my sports that I enjoy. But do you have any fears of getting your child or mentoring your child through this process of catching um, catfish? They submerge themselves. They've got all these different critters possible. And then you've got a fish who's ready to tear your arm off. Do you have any apprehension as a father getting your daughter involved in that? Never did. <laughs> no, <laughs> stuck her in there and said, get after it, kid. But no, I'm right there with her, so I have... Uh, now, if there's somebody else in the water with me, 
Like, if he's right there in the water with me, he doesn't worry at all. But, like, one of our buddies, Tyler, was in there this year when I caught my 60-pound fish. And I was under there. It seemed like forever because I couldn't get him out of the hole. The fish was so big that he wouldn't fit out of the hole. And I was in the boat. Yeah. I was in the boat on that one. And I was under, and like I said, it seemed like forever. It was only 13 seconds when we went back and counted. But for me, that's a long time. That's for me, it was a long time. That's my four-second limit. Yeah. And, and I was saying, and he was saying, get her up, get her yeah, up. Because I was fixing to, I was about yeah, to be jumping was there. Worried. But yeah, I mean, anytime, you know, something like that can happen, you know, arm get broke or finger get broke, yeah, you're going to worry. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can't, oh, you can't, you can't worry about it to the point where you don't let her do it. You know, she's going to do it anyway. I mean, she loves it. She's 25 years old. She could get one on both hands. I believe she would down there. Mm-hmm. I tried doing that the other day, but I couldn't reach the other one. Yeah. <laughs> and she's been busted up before. She's broken some bones not doing this. I think she's got a couple I've fingers broke. she's broken. but uh, She's pretty tough. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes to something deep, like a deep hole or something. We always tie a rope around our waist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll tie it to me, and, and I'll go down the deep ones, but I won't The biggest fish I ever caught, it was about seven foot deep. And I had a rope tied around my waist on that one. Yeah. So, Hannah, have you always enjoyed interacting with, with wildlife? I mean, always. Okay. Oh, yeah. Never had a fear of, I've got one dog, I've got three daughters, and one of them will go grab snakes and that was crawdads. And, oh, yeah. you know, has no fear. I've always You've been loved like that? snakes and yeah. stuff. <laughs> he was taking me hunting when I was tiny, tiny. I could clean a deer. By myself when I or he left me alone with two does to clean when I was ten years old. So yeah, she awesome. had them boned out and in the cooler when when I got back I had to do a bit on a house or something. And uh, she killed her first one at eight. Oh, and I was a little bitty eight year old. I know that's hard. to Yeah, believe. she was tiny. Was she still tiny? Yeah. She makes a sixty pound fish look like an eighty Ooh. pound fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it is. We've got all these big people and they're holding these, you know, these forty pound fish. Look as big. Fish just look small. Hannah can take the same fish though. Ooh, look at the size of that fish. Perks of being five foot tall. <laughs> I can. This is this is how this is how social media works. Okay, I can be standing there bleeding with a sixty pound fish. Okay, and get three thousand likes. Hannah can be standing there beside me. I'll get twelve thousand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like you figured out then how to I've give more likes. I've got it figured out. Yeah, I got it figured out. Yeah, if I can get one on both sides of me, you know, we'll get you know like sixteen thousand likes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, I mean, that brings up a great point. I mean, Hannah and Jeff talk about your relationship, and you know, Hannah, how what's it like going out with your father like almost every day, noodling? Which we we've always been close. I mean, we butt heads some, but it's probably because we're both hard-headed, and he don't never listen. He <laughs> ain't get, never wrong. <laughs> he gets busted <laughs> up and won't go to the doctor for it. No. I mean, it took you forever to go get your arm seen about last year. Oh, that was year. COVID. Yeah, that was COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, we're going to blame it on that. That's a really good excuse, anyway. I think we caught a couple of catfish that had the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they look like it anyway. <laughs> did well that's fantastic well jeff and hannah thanks for doing the dirty jobs discussion for us on noodling and if you don't mind we'll keep you around for another segment to actually talk about hunting and shooting there we go 
Meet the industry's widest variety of game-changing ammunition. However you shoot, and whatever you hunt, fortune favors the prepared. And nothing prepares you better than Federal Premium. It's a gold standard advantage delivered directly from the experts in premium ammunition. Find your Federal Premium Advantage today. Well, we're back with uh, Hannah and Jeff Barron, and they're going to join us for a second segment to talk about one of our favorite topics here at Federal, hunting and shooting. So, uh, Jeff, you, you raised Hannah in Alabama, a state rich with tradition in hunting and shooting. When did you get started in hunting? Ooh, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> he don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember back that far, yeah. You're- I think I was probably four or five, I don't know, you know, and they a pop took me uh, squirrel hunting, 410, killed my first squirrel and rabbit, and uh, he worked most of the time, so... I sort of had to take it on my own and just go with it. Oh, I remember mom calling the sheriff's department when I was six, I think, because I had stayed gone all day long. Oh, I don't think they ever did find me, but I finally made it back home. Oh, a box full of squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> well, those were different days back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, you couldn't do that now. Yeah, could you imagine your six-year-old kid leaving and staying gone all day now? Probably nine or ten before I saw my first deer. And then, oh. Back then, Alabama didn't have a lot of deer. Yeah. Yeah, I think nine or ten saw my first deer. <laughs> oh, been doing it ever since. Got her started when she was four, I guess. I was she, little. I was just going along with you. Sitting, yeah. You'd make those um, little ground blinds out of pine limbs and stuff, and we'd sit on sit in the dirt. Yeah, that was Reese Cups and uh, oh, yeah. playing uh, gin, rummy. Rummy. Yeah. Card games. To keep her keep occupied, yeah, keep her entertained. We didn't have occupied. iPads back then. No. I can see kids with now. We yeah. ate Reese Cup, played rummy, and watched squirrels run around. Yeah. Perfect. Eight, yeah, eight years old on her first one, and uh, 243. You remember that story, huh? Oh, yeah, because I remember he had told me where to shoot him and all, and when we saw this deer, which he made me wait, on my first deer, instead of killing like a doe or a spike or something, I ended up with a seven point. But he had had this deer picked out pretty much for my first deer. And when we did finally see him, he was looking at us. I was like, Daddy, where else can I shoot him? You know, because I couldn't see broadside right there. Yeah, she's too Behind short. the shoulder. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty short. And he said, shoot him in the neck. So, an got him shot. in the neck. Yeah, yeah. Powed him up, first and, deer. And then for That's the awesome. next, what, 25 deer you killed, you probably shot every one of them in the neck, and I was trying to get her to shoot them in the lungs because I'd rather, they they the meat's better. They bleed out, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, instead of just dropping right there. and You know, they bleed out a little bit. But, but I liked I to, watching them drop right there. Yeah, I had to beg her to shoot them in the lungs. You know? <laughs> Please let them run. Let them bleed a little bit. It just makes it a lot easier to clean and, you know, a lot cleaner. Well, it sounds like it was a really natural introduction oh. to hunting i mean what what is it about hunting that, that you like hannah i feel like i've always respected deer and stuff i mean we used to have deer in a pen and we raised so many deer we used to have whitetail and fallow deer now we just have fallow deer but i feel like i've always respected them a lot and i mean like i said when i was 10 years old i could clean a deer so i always knew the reason that we were hunting 
was, you know, so we got something to eat. We got food. Yeah. This is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's that whole factor of outsmarting them because they are really that yeah, smart. Home, yeah, it's a totally different deal down there. in South Alabama. Do you have a, I mean, is deer your favorite thing to hunt? Do you have a, a species that... Deer or anything yeah. with antlers because uh, now that we've started elk hunting and stuff too, that's unbelievable. Daddy gets to go to Hell's Canyon this year. Ooh. Elk hunting too. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I love it. Anything with antlers, I've always been obsessed with antlers. So is he. Yeah. We got a pile of them, too, don't we? Yeah, we do. We got a pile of them. Mm. I can't wait till fall. Yeah, we've got land in Kansas now. We hunt in Kentucky every year. We're excited. That sounds awesome. So the two of you also use hunting as a tool to uh, eradicate hogs on your Oof. on your properties. Oh, Give us some hogs. insights on that and Lord. and how important it is to to uh, take care of that problem. We didn't really have hogs until about what ten years ago, maybe a little more than that now. Yes, probably. Yeah. I remember when they first moved in, we were almost like excited about it because hey, now we got something else to hunt, and we learned real quick that having you know hogs sucks. Yeah, because they tear up everything. They, they run, run you. all your big deer off. Yeah. You get a big deer on camera, and then the hogs move in. You won't never see them again. They can't stand being around them. But state, we hunt. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. The state says you have to take 70% of the population of hogs out every year just to maintain some kind of order. That's a lot of hogs. They reproduce Because they reproduce so fast. So, fast. so if you're not taking 70%, then you're backing up. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've done. I, I guess we're... We've got one spot. I don't know how many hundreds of hogs that we've taken off of this one, this one farmer's property. Still. Over the years, it's it's. But this same farmer, he's been a real close friend of the family for as long as I've been. Yeah, thirty hunting. years. Yeah, yeah, thirty years. So. And when you know we first started having the hog problems, it really hit him hard because they're tearing up his field and. Yeah, he's cattle, and he's all. Uh, peanuts and corn and you know growing all that and so they're just, they just hit him real hard and every time he starts seeing hog signs he calls us yeah we'll, we'll go to trapping mm-hmm. we'll move the hog trap over there and mm-hmm. try to take as many out as we can because they're just killing him yeah but i don't know how many we've killed with a gun sitting in a tree stand either just mm-hmm. you know just piles of them and that's filling the freezer up too because a hog that's eating corn and soybeans oh, and peanuts is delicious that's what we I mean, always it, eat for Thanksgiving and Christmas meals. Yeah, yeah, we cooked a whole one on the uh, on the pit, you know, just mm-hmm. just uh, with skin on, you know, and you just take what five or six hours to cook it over open. Man, let me tell you, mm. good. I and used then, to hunt a ranch in Texas where they'd cook them in the ground. Ooh, yeah, oh, that's good too. That's good. Yeah, they do got some good flavors, but we we get to feed everybody with hogs. We got neighbors, we got folks that are a little less. Fortunate, you'd say that you know we always take oh yeah hogs or deer too. I mean, we we killed a deer for him one Thanksgiving. That's what they wanted for their mm-hmm. Thanksgiving meal was a deer, so we killed a doe and took it yeah. over there to him. But we keep everybody fed. Yeah, the whole community. So we keep them fed. We make our own uh, smoke our own sausage, bacon, hams, all that stuff. We got smoke houses and know how to do it. So we're pretty much, uh, I guess, self sufficient. We could make it if we had to, you know. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We know how to salt cure hams and all that right there. And so. anything he don't know how to do, my granddaddy knows how to yeah. do. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, we, we I think if you cut the power off and uh, 
I think we'd be okay. As long as we had some federal ammunition, we'd All be right. okay. <laughs> So what's the, the weirdest animal you've ever hunted? And, and if the deer and hogs were gone and the power went out, what could you sustain yourself on? Oh, oh, we'd be eating snakes like and frogs and turtles. Turtles is turtles yeah. are, that's his oh, favorite thing to eat. Yeah, I, like, I love snapping turtle. turtle. Yeah, but what would we? I guess squirrels. If we just had to have something to live off of, squirrels and squirrels, rabbits. Squirrels, rabbits. Do we yep. ate raccoons? Yeah, possums ain't nothing safe around. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, about anything, I guess. So you know, if we we wouldn't go hungry, I don't think. When we moved off from one place, they'd just be a stack of bones, and I guess we'd just move to another. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk calibers. Um, what do you guys, what's your go-to and, and the bullet style that you prefer? 308. It's a good one. Which started out, he started me out with a 243, and then I moved to that, what was that? 35 Remington. 35 Remington for yep. just a little while, and then got my granddaddy's 308, and Shot it forever. It was a Remington Model 700. And then now you're shooting that. Um, yeah. She's still on the 308. Long ago. I think I was 19. Y'all got me for Christmas. I was 19 or 20. My newest 308. Not my newest 308, but my go-to. The one I hunt with. I like a 308. Yeah, he was on 30-06. Now he started shooting Yeah, but let me tell you, 30-06 is just, you know, I've got... Two different guns that I've killed, 400 deer or 200 deer with each one, and I put them up years ago for to give to her uh, when she's ready for them. But oh, uh, 308, I guess. But now I like that Creedmoor. I mean, you know, I just I don't like uh, I don't like any of the big kicking belted, you know, Magnum. I'm just not yeah, a he Magnum. He had an accident a few years ago with a with a 30-30, Yeah, going like. Two inches oh, wow. into his head. Yeah, and it went right in there, and I got, I still got that hole right there where it went in, the shell went in, it went in about, you know, about two inches, like, like you said. centimeter from killing him. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, I just don't. After that, he don't want a gun that kicks. No, I don't like it. Mm-mm. But that was a pistol, so I'm really not a mm-hmm. pistol fan anymore either, but oh, <laughs> a twenty two pistol would be perfect for me. Or they need to, did they make a 17 yet, pistol? Oh, yeah. They do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's me all day right there. Yeah, I mean, nobody really benefits from heavy recoil if you're going to shoot a lot. You right. Know? So that, yeah, yeah. the 6.5 Creedmoor is popular because yeah. it's milder recoiling. It's very efficient at long range. Yeah. So It's some good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like it. And it's super effective, too. The little 95 grain oh, varmint, I've been shooting them in an AR, and you're talking about wear some hogs out. Mm-hmm. It'll eat them up. I mean, just, they don't move. You put it right in there behind that ear and just, it's over with. It works. So you you guys also highlight cooking on your show. You talk about cooking hogs and, you know, what's your favorite game to prepare and and your favorite method? So the hog hams on the the smaller hogs, I'll inject them with uh, garlic and butter. Garlic, salt, and butter. Just mix it together. Melt the butter, and then just inject. Just pump as much as those hams will hold. I'll put them on the smoker for an hour. My mouth's watering thinking about it. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> but I'll put them on the smoker for about an hour. Cut up a bell pepper and an onion. Get the oven to probably 375, something like that. Take them out of that smoke, 
smokehouse, put them in that uh, aluminum foil, put you know, cover them with the bell pepper and the onion, wrap them up tight in aluminum foil or a, or a roasting pan, put them in the oven for about two or three hours, and then you could just pop it off, pull the bone out. Which he's got oh. a lot of cooking videos on his YouTube of yeah, wild game and stuff. I mean, yeah. we got dove gravy, squirrel gravy. We've got the turtle. Yeah, I got the turtle on there sure. too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I did it, what, pressure in the Instapot or something. And then, yeah. Well, turtle's, on, turtle's good. Yeah. On that note, let's go get some food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me tell you. Yeah. But uh, no, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. And oh man, enjoyed it. I, I appreciate y'all having us. Yeah. yeah, being great advocates and mentorships that you guys do with young people getting them involved and all the great video and content you put out. We're just uh, excited to have you as in our family, in the federal family. Oh man, I can't can't thank y'all enough for uh, having us up here. We we sure do. Yeah, we, yeah, we love it. Yeah, this is Jason. This is the farthest north they've been in there. And it is ever wow welcome yeah welcome to, yeah the weather's good i mean it's, tomorrow it's bring you back in the winter Oof. <laughs> yeah he said 20 below a while ago and i just started shaking i said well we left it's 90 well y'all get the 90 up here too mm-hmm. he said something brown's talking about 100 this year already you i think have. that's it's got us hot. beat down home that's what's strange i mean it's crazy we don't get no 20 below stuff yeah though. 20 below down home Y'all can have that. I think we get about nine degrees down home, though. Is yeah, that's cold. Well, I thanks mean, again. You guys have been great. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank today. y'all. Yeah. And if you don't follow Jeff and Hannah on social media, look them up, Instagram and Facebook, for great recipes and hunting tips. Appreciate y'all. There's a time and a place for every season. This is that time, and these are those special places. When preparation gives way to anticipation, rituals, and traditions. Friends, family, forever. This is what you live for. It's time to celebrate the annual tradition like no other. It's federal season. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and the News and Notes segment. Federal Ammunition is very proud of the performances turned in at the Olympics by our sponsored athletes. Here is a recap of the success they enjoyed representing the United States and federal. Vincent Hadcock is now a three-time Olympic champion following his gold medal performance in Tokyo. Hancock made the men's skeet finals in a shoot-off and then bested the remaining five contenders, hitting 59 of 60 targets, setting an Olympic record. Hancock is the first male shooter to ever win three gold medals in this event, adding to the ones he won in Beijing in 2008 and London in 2012. Kaylee Browning captured a silver medal in women's trap. Browning, an Arkansas native, shot her way into the finals in the sixth position, and then climbed into the final pairing with some clutch shooting. The first-time Olympian missed extending the match over her Slovakian competitor by one target but reached her Olympic dream of medaling by winning silver for the United States of America. In its Olympic debut, federal-sponsored athlete Brian Burroughs and teammate Madeline Bernal claimed the bronze medal in mixed team trap at the Tokyo Olympic Games. The pair qualified for the bronze medal match by posting a 146 out of 150 in the qualifications. 
In their bronze medal match, they faced the team from Slovakia, which included the women's individual gold medalist in trap. Austin Smith and Derek Mine also competed in their disciplines of women's skeet and men's trap. Both competed at a high level in their first Olympic competition and gained valuable experience. All federal sponsored shooters used gold medal paper shot shells built by American workers at our American manufacturing facility located right here in Anoka, Minnesota. If you like the It's Federal Season podcast, be sure to let us know by filling out a rating and review on iTunes. And remember, for us, it's always in season. It's federal season.